Welcome to Coconut Oil Stardust and Dope Vibes. I am your resident fairy godmother, Tamara Angela. And um, this episode is going to be talking about Pluto in 2024. So you may be asking, why the hell should I care? Well, <clears throat> We love talking about Mercury and Mercury in retrograde. Um, So you do care about at least one planet, right? And so we have to understand how all of the other planets and their energies come into play with what we have going on here, Earth side. So we have some of the planets that are closer to the sun. So you've got like Mercury, which is the closest, um, that's why we hear about it the most because it rotates the sun the quickest. Um, and then we have like Mars. Um, I'm going to definitely do an episode on Mars because this 2024 year has a lot of potent Mars energy. Um, but so we're talking about, we have these outer planets. So you have like Neptune and Saturn and Pluto, which their transit around the sun takes way longer, right? It takes way longer in earth years, like from our perception. Um, And so their energy gives us um, slow moving, like a slow moving process, like, but it's a, it's a deep um, transformation. So when you think of these planets, don't, and the activity that we're talking about here, what we're talking about is slow, deep progress. It's, it's nothing that happens overnight. Um, and typically we have kind of, um, what we call the generation. So it's like Pluto's transit, it takes like 14 earth years. And so, when Pluto is typically in a zodiac placement, um, it's going to be there for a while. What So like with Mercury, Mercury is going to transit a zodiac like every two weeks or so. It's going to change zodiac signs. Um, Jupiter changes every year. But when you have retrogrades, sometimes they kind of go back and forth between two different zodiac signs, um, especially if it's in a space where it's going to change out of a sign completely and move into another sign for a generation. And that's kind of where we are with Pluto. Um, and you're going to you're going to see in this conversation that we're talking about Pluto going between Aquarius and Capricorn. This is um more progression into the age of Aquarius. So, um first we have Pluto and Capricorn, right? And so as we um Pluto has been in Capricorn for for years now and it is getting ready to make its progression into Aquarius. Um, But during the course of 2029, 2029, 2024, um, we see 
this kind of back and forth um, in retrograde between Capricorn to Aquarius. So we start the year off with Pluto currently in Capricorn. Um, it's at about 29 degrees because it is on its way out. So, you know, with um, the, the charting and everything, things go to 30 degrees and then it starts. Well, it goes to 29 degrees and then it starts over because we kind of slice things at like a 30 degree pie slice um and so pluto and capricorn so starting off pluto is um the enforcer right and so it has this synergy with saturn and jupiter and what happens is saturn kind of gives us our lesson saturn is like a big brother and saturn says you know, here are the lessons that you're supposed to be learning. Here are the boundaries that you're supposed to have. Here, here are the rules that you're supposed to have for your life. Like, what are these rules that you have for your life? And then, um, you have Jupiter, Jupiter who comes through and says, like, here are the resources for you to create those rules. Here's the knowledge that you need to create those rules, right? And then Pluto comes through and says, but did you do all of that? Like, did you actually follow the rules? Did you actually use the knowledge? Yes or no, right? And if you didn't, you kind of, you can't go to, like, you, you can't collect $200. You can't, go around the board you can't you can't do any of that you have to go back to the beginning Pluto kind of comes through and enforces that and Pluto also shows us kind of the darker side of things and um the darker portion of our nature the portion of our nature that takes longer to develop or to change and so um what is interesting about this Pluto and Cap energy is that uh, Capricorn, <clears throat> what's interesting about it is that we have been in a space for a while of just slowly unlearning all of the stuff that we have been walking blindly in. All of the things that we have just been doing and not having an understanding why, because a lot of this stuff is like throwback to very ancient times and people are talking about it and they like they have no clue where that even comes from and they're trying to enforce it in today's world and it just like it doesn't make sense. It's archaic. It doesn't work. Right. And so a lot of that doctrine is coming undone. A lot of it is like, like that's not even necessary anymore. And we're, we're, the light is being shined on that. Like we're being able to see that a lot of that stuff needs to come undone. And people are struggling with that. I mean, cause it's the, we're, we're still grasping these ideas and these things that this way of life that had sustained us for so long and 
having to grapple with the fact that like that things aren't like that anymore. It's so funny because, you know, I'm Generation X. And um, a lot of the stuff like we'll look fondly back on um, the 80s and the 90s. I mean, the 90s as a teenager was lit. It, it just it really was. There, there really isn't a time that was like it. it was it was a really, really good time. Um, but a lot of the the TV shows or just the mindset that we had, like you cannot do that today. It just, it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. You can't operate that way today. Some of the freedoms that we had, um, you just, it, it wouldn't work now. The, the, just contextually, it just does not work. We've progressed in some areas, in certain areas, there are things that are just obsolete. And so Pluto is really coming through showing us what a lot of that looks like. And um, it sees us needing this progression, but it's not something that's going to happen overnight. So it's going to take us a little while to even really move through this level of progression that is needed. And so um, we're starting out in that Pluto and Capricorn, which is like, looking at all of that old doctrine, looking at all of those things, examining that understanding even like you can't really change the stuff until you understand what you're looking at. Right. So, you know, uh, for instance, just, I, I remember, you know, like overnight stays and sleepovers and stuff like that and those were like normal you just went to somebody's house and you just hung out now yes there were people who weren't allowed to do to do those things like that but it's not that they weren't allowed to do them because of the situations that happen today it's just because you had strict parents and your parents didn't let you go anywhere that's really what that was in today's world things are um, open in a way where there is um, knowledge of things like trafficking, which is way bigger today than it was then. It's not that things weren't happening then. It's like, it's really a thing now. Um, transportation takes you further. Um, you know, it, it, there there's just all these different reasons why um, these things shouldn't really happen. Like I remember going like to a, uh, retreat. We, well, I mean, I was raised in Baltimore. So I remember us, um, for Girl Scouts and, and I turned on a Madonna album the other day and it just took me back. I don't know. I just needed some nostalgia and I'm listening to the true blue album from Madonna singing it word for word. And the reason why I know it word for word is because, um, going to the third grade as a Girl Scout, um, we had this trip and I can't remember exactly what part of the state we went to. Oh, we went to, I think it was gunpowder state, um, park if I'm not mistaken, but we had like, it was like, it was several nights overnight. And we went with the Girl Scout leader. And I just remember us being in um, 
the back of the station wagon. Like we had blankets laid out in the back of the station wagon and we were flipping through magazines laying like we had the seat down and we were laying and we had um, this girl's mother play the True Blue album on tape like repeatedly over and over (laughs) till we got to our destination. Right. But like you can't lay out in the back of the station wagon anymore. Like those those days are gone. And then I think about it and I'm like, yeah, my mom was just like, okay, have fun. I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know. Like getting on a plane, I guess I would trust my kids to go somewhere like that. But just like getting in a car and just driving off, that's completely an 80s thing. So that was like maybe like 85, 85, 86, 86 when, when we did that summer of 86. So I'm just like, ah, like those times don't exist anymore because there's no context for it because certain things have really changed. And that's what that, that Pluto and Capricorn energy is about. It's like really, really understanding that, that deep level of change, right? It's like there were things that really it, like these things actually worked because of what life looked like. It, it's not that those things were bad or they should have never been. Like that's literally how we lived. And there was nothing wrong with it because it worked within that context. It just doesn't work within this new context anymore. And so we have to even acknowledge that those things existed so we can actually look at them to examine them and change them. So we're starting off the year um, in Capricorn and then Pluto moves into Aquarius on the 20th, right? And so that is going to see us look at spaces of unconventionality. Like there is across the board what people tend to want to do tend to need to do it's like these are the rules right but then anything that's kind of outside of those rules is deemed unconventional but that's because the measure is up against what has been deemed conventional and standard and so we're going to get into what seems to be unconventional simply because we have to make that change and step out into something new. So that something new energy is going to, it's going to identify, it's going to look like it's unconventional. We're also talking about personal freedoms in Pluto and Aquarius. Um, And I pose the question, does your desire for freedom destroy you and those around you? Because there's this space in which People are, I feel like they're going to be grappling for a level of freedom. Um, and getting reckless. And, and, and I've said this before. It's like my grandfather used to, to ask, um, he used to tell me, he said, Red, you can, but should you? You can, but should you? There's an integrity factor that should be factored into things when we're talking about freedom. So we're talking about like actually being free versus being reckless. 
um, freedom comes with a level of responsibility and a level of integrity. And yes, there are some times where you have to kind of have like this tower moment a bit um, to make sure that things come undone because you have to like maybe kind of pull the drawstring a little tighter to like you know make things come undone you might have to really really like tug but at the same time it's like are you ripping the garment <laughs> as you're like really pulling the drawstring are you ripping the garment are you compromising the piece of clothing because you pulled that drawstring so tight and that's what that pluto and aquarius energy is talking about it's like you can but like should you really really go that far do you have to go that far in order to talk about a level of freedom so that's an interesting concept because january just just looking at january energy just in summary um we're talking about moving forward and understanding like do you even realize like you can't move forward unless you realize that you've been stuck you're not gonna make a move unless you realize that you have to make a move um and so we have to look at what really matters and what is a level of freedom and then we come into um pluto and aquarius um retrograde in may and so we're talking about there, um, that's May 2nd, Pluto goes into retrograde. The month of May is this very slow dynamic change. Um, we're talking about healing and creating and understanding that a new world order needs to be creating created. Um, and so what does healing look like in order for that new world order to be something that is viable and something that is sustainable? So Pluto goes into retrograde on this on the May 2nd. Um, and I pose the questions. Have you been reckless or are you actually free? What is true freedom? A lot of times. And and I'm just going to say this because this is what we do over here. When we have U.S. candidates who won't even, uh, U.S. presidential candidates who won't even admit that the U.S. Civil War was a fight over slavery. They won't admit it. But yet at the same time, the South lost. The South lost. We have to say that the South lost. They lost the war. They lost it. They lost because there, there are shrines erected to the losers. It's weird. And so there's still fighting like there's still a fight for civil freedoms in, in this country, like almost 200 years later. There's still fight. There's still a fight for like civil freedoms and civil rights. And but then at the same time, the, the South, there is still this uh, Confederate idea that we, we we're fighting for our freedom. White Confederates, because there are no black Confederates. 
um, that we're fighting for our freedom and our way of life. Even the poor ones bought into that. You didn't have slaves. But they, they got you on propaganda to buy into that. And so that mindset is still prevailing today. And so they're talking about, we want freedoms. Make America great again. When was it? When did that happen? It was good for you, maybe. But it wasn't great for everybody. Everybody didn't have that freedom. And so we have to really start to look at the idea of what freedom is. I've heard people say that they travel to other countries and other countries say, oh, Americans live with a high amount of freedom. But I think that freedom is subjective. It's based on where your restrictions are, right? And so you feel like, this person has a whole lot of freedoms. It's story time. Because I always, you know, have an anecdote or a story. So, I remember growing up, people would be like, um, your mom just lets you do whatever you want to do. I was like, no, I can't do what I want to do. Like, what are you talking about? I can't just do what I want to do. Like, that's not even a concept in my in my household. Like, I don't understand that. But their perception of freedom was the fact that I was just free to roam because I didn't have a curfew. I did, though, to a degree. I there there was and my mother let me self guide because okay male company if I had male company had to leave the house um like really she she didn't really give me a time during the week because the idea was that you really shouldn't have nobody over here during the week you got school you got other stuff so she never put a parameter on that but that was me who had to self impose that parameter because I'm like I don't want to do nothing crazy in her house. On the weekends, if somebody came over, their ride had to pick them up by 12 o'clock, 1230. But that was a guide. If I consistently had somebody over there by 1230, she was going to give me the side eye. Because the idea was that, like, why do you always have, like, I, I didn't want to have to answer to my mother and say why there was always a guy up over the house. She would be like, no, they need to take you out. And so... I had a level of freedom, but it also incorporated integrity and boundaries and standards for myself that I had to self-impose based on what she gave me as a parameter, right? And so, um, yes, I could be out. I didn't have a curfew, right? She taught me, look, if you go out with your, if you go out with your friends, cause she pretty much knew who I was going to go with. I had to leave a pager number. This is the nineties. I had to, if somebody had a pager, I had to leave the pager number and I had to kind of tell her like, okay, we're going to, this is the ideas of what we're going to do. I didn't have to tell her every single step because you're going to get in the car and you're going to kind of hop around. But at some point while I was out, she wanted me to call and check in and just say proof of life. I'm, I'm alive. Right? So by 10 o'clock, no matter where I was, I had to check in. And that was a safety thing to make sure that I understood that someone cared about me, right? Somebody cares about your well-being. Somebody wants to know. She's She wanted me to understand that she wasn't totally asleep while I was out, right? And so, yes, if I went to something and it ended at 11, 
what time should you make your way back? Should you wait, make your way back to the house at three o'clock? I was never going to walk into my mother's house at three o'clock in the morning. Like just never. I'm not going to do that. I, I didn't have a curfew, but I'm not going to do that. So for her, she said, it's reasonable. You guys might stop at a diner, get something to eat. If it ends at 11, I'm looking for you to make your way back around 12 30 one o'clock and one o'clock is the latest because maybe you stopped at a diner got something to eat and then came on in but here's the thing freedom i have the freedom to roam but if i'm gonna stop at the diner after something ends at 11 i'm gonna have enough integrity to pick the phone up and call my mother and say hey we stopped at the diner we're gonna grab something to eat and then i'm on the way home because somebody cares about the fact that i actually get home right And so I just remember having friends being like, you have all this freedom. (sighs) But I also have a structure to that freedom. I check in with my mother. If If I'm outside on the block and we just sitting on somebody's porch, on somebody's stoop cooling, my job was to get up, walk around the corner and go and say, I'm sitting on such and such a stoop for a little bit. I had to show my face. I had to check in. I had to pick the phone up. There was still a tether. I wasn't just outside, just unattended and just roaming wild with no, no, I wasn't going to just have people. Our house had an open door policy, right? Open door policy. Everybody came to our house all the time growing up. Um, and I could have male company, but wasn't nobody going up to my room. You was going to sit down in the basement where stuff was open. She was going to walk in at any time because it's her house. She might come sit down on the couch and watch TV with us. What I just, there were, I, I just, it wasn't this level. And, and that's kind of like this Pluto and Aquarius energy. It's like, what is true freedom, right? I had the freedom to do all that stuff, but it also gave me the freedom to make decisions to do the right thing for myself, right? So I could impose these parameters on myself based on what would be good for me. What did I feel comfortable with? And she allowed that for me because she knew I wasn't going to do anything off the wall and crazy. She knew she didn't need to micromanage me. I wasn't a people person like that to begin with she didn't need to micromanage me she didn't need to fine-tune my decision making and my discernment because she knew I was going to make a good decision so she gave me the space to be able to develop that on my own therefore when I went out on my own to go away to college at 17 I wasn't just all over the place I could explore those things did I go out and hang out in the club because I could I did and guess what I realized I still don't like the club so it doesn't matter like I I still don't like to be there (laughs) like okay great I did that that's great let me go back over here and do what's authentically me that's a lot of that Pluto and, and Aquarius retrograde energy, really examining that. Like, what is freedom? Because freedom looks, it's, it's the idea of it can be very subjective based on what your current restrictions are. So you're always going to look at somebody else and be like, oh, it looks more free over there. It looks better over there. No, that's based on how restricted your life currently is. Um, We're also asking there, getting back to Pluto 
um, more that Pluto retrograde in Aquarius. How does how we move affect ourselves long term and also how that affects others? So that even goes with the story that I told. It's like I had this understanding that I'm not asking. My mother didn't ask me to ask for permission. She didn't train me for that. She said, remember that you live in community with someone else and there is someone who cares about you. And so when you understand that there's someone who cares about you, you you learn to respect that. You learn to respect the fact that I'm like... I know I can't coddle you in in this world out here and that you could walk outside and anything could happen, but I still have to give you freedom to live and to grow up and I have to work through that. So she, I remember her saying, remember that I have to work through that and that I have a fear every time you guys walk out the door. Anything could happen, but she said, I'm not going to make you live your life based on my fear and my anxiety of that. I got to let you go. So remember that you have a mother that is at the house that does have some worry about you and does actually care that you make it home safely. Just check in. And I do that as an adult, right? Me and my girlfriends do that. Me and my girlfriends do that. When I get a random uh, follow this Uber ride, It's because somebody knows that like, it's like, I know this person cares and they're, they're going to want to see like, somebody needs to know where I'm at. You go out of town with somebody, you tell your girlfriends, Hey, I'm going out of town because you live in community with someone else. And that is the, the heart of that Pluto retrograde in Aquarius. It's like understanding that you're not just moving out here rogue. There are other people who actually can be affected because we're all highly affected by someone else and their free will. Like I say all the time, we're on this crash course collision with um, other people and their their free will. And so in October, Pluto goes direct in Capricorn. Um, October's energy kind of sees us with a bit of stagnation. Um, it feels like nothing is actually changing, although it really needs to. Um, and so Pluto is going to, um, move back into Capricorn going direct. Um, and, we need to, at that time, learn how to apply um, knowledge. Like this, this is a space of applied knowledge. Like you got a chance to step into that freedom. You got a chance to step into these new spaces. Now, what have you learned? What have you learned? What What did you learn by that? What What was the gift? Like, like I said, my my mom gave me those freedoms, it taught me that people care about you and that you should have other folks around you that actually um, give a damn. And so when you understand that, then you don't just live rogue out here doing whatever you want to do and then calling that freedom. You understand that um, 
there are connections, right? That's what that lesson taught me. So Pluto going direct in Capricorn in October is like this whole year. What have you learned? How are you going to like, because the point of learning something is to apply the knowledge. So how are you going to apply that knowledge and, um, and those, and that action? Um, like, what are you going to do with that free will? And then, um, November Pluto moves into Aquarius to kind of get over there and settle in. November gives us, um, this space of forward moving direction and a lot of the warrior spirits, um, awaken and emerge, um, but we have to make sure that they move in the right direction. Like they can't just wake up and just be kamikaze with stuff and just like all over the place. Um, so we have Pluto and Aquarius, um, moving into Aquarius on, um, the 19th of November. And so we're going to get back to that sense of freedom and unconventionality, which is actually a beautiful space to be in Pluto, which is this enforcer. Um, and this, um, it's, it's like the, the consequences and stuff, but we don't, we don't always think about consequences of things actually being good because we're so attuned to thinking that consequences have to be a bad thing. No, consequences are merely the happenstance of something that you did, right? And so we have to look at some of the positive consequences, the positive outcomes of the things that we have chosen to do and find a bit of beauty in some of that. Is there beauty in us finally coming together in a sense of community? Um, is there beauty in some of these lessons and just having an understanding that we've kind of you know, undulated, there was like this ebb and flow in a lot of the lessons and the twists and turns. There's also beauty in the stagnation that's going to happen this year. Like the fact that we're not necessarily moving as quickly that can feel detrimental, but there may actually be beauty in it not moving as quickly as we think it should. So hopefully you guys can take some of the, the lessons from this Pluto energy. Look at where it applies in your life and your community um, and your ecosystem and just kind of apply that, that energy. You don't have to be aware of all of the dates when it goes back from Capricorn to Aquarius you don't have to you know know that it's going to do this on October 11th and look at it that way I want you to just gather the information and look at the lessons in totality throughout the year and just see how it um, moves for you in that way versus um, actually feeling like you have to pinpoint certain things so I kind of gave you guys the months um, to look at the progression 
of things. Um, but I want you just to make it super simple. How does progression look in your life? What does freedom mean to you? Um, what, you know, what are your standards? What, how do you guide your life when it comes to making moves and scheduling things and, and putting things on your agenda to move forward? That's really what I want you to be able to take away from this and understand that a lot of the change that needs to be made is going to be slow moving because part of this is actually acknowledging that the things that we used to do just don't fit into the context of where we live now. Um, and what life looks like now. So there's a lot, there's a almost like a grief process with that. You know, when we look back at all these 80s, you know, webs, um, 80s, like Instagram accounts and stuff, there's a lot of nostalgia that um, it evokes for us. And some of it, like a, a lot of sensory memory. I look at some of those perfumes and I can smell them immediately, right? But then there's a grief process that comes with that because life is no longer like that anymore. There's really a grief process that comes with the understanding that these things have to change because they're obsolete and there's no space for them. And so when we go through that level of transformation, when we go through that grief process, then ultimately that's how we get to the progression and the change on the other side, because we have to be honest with ourselves that like, Hey, this stuff doesn't even work anymore. There's no context for it. There's no room for it. There's no space for it. And it's okay that we create these changes physically and mentally. Thanks for joining me today. This was a fun episode. Um, there's going to be more um, that I will post on the planets um, for this year. Definitely make sure you guys share information. If there's a podcast episode that you really, really loved or something that resonated, please share it with your friend group. Talk about it amongst yourselves. You can always message me, email me, um, hit me up on Instagram. Um, with any of your comments, questions, and thanks for joining me.